0: Hello and welcome to Front Page Radio with your host, international author, broadcaster, and journalist Dan Wooding, the founder of Assist Ministries and the Assist News Service. Dan, who was born in Nigeria of British missionary parents, was raised in England and later worked for some of Great Britain's largest newspapers. He has been a journalist covering the world for some 47 years now with a focus on persecuted Christians and missions. And now, here's Dan Wooding with today's guest. Welcome to today's program, and we're going to
1: meet another journalist, but one who's quite respectable. Not like me, working in the tabloids. His name is Lee Strobel, and Lee has just had a movie made about his life. So, Lee, thank you for being on the program. My pleasure. Great to be with you. And also Leslie, who plays quite a role in it. I don't think you've ever been a journalist, have you,
2: Leslie? No, I haven't, and I'm glad to say so. It's hard enough living with one. (laughs) You don't need two in a
1: family.
3: (laughs) Well... The, f- the film is called? The Case for Christ. It's named after my book that I wrote in 1998 uh, and has recently been updated and expanded that tells my journey f- uh, from atheism uh, to Christianity and the evidence that I found uh, convincing that Jesus uh, not only claimed to be the Son of God but backed that up by returning from the dead.
1: So tell us how the search began. I mean, you were an investigative journalist. Yeah. I was sort of an investigative journalist for Scandal. <laughs> what sort of investigations were you doing there? I think you probably had more fun than I did. <laughs>
3: uh, you know, I just get that sense. But, um, you know, I was legal editor, yeah. so I would uh, investigate a lot of issues involving the law. For instance, one of my big stories was the um, Ford Pinto controversy. The Ford Pinto was a car that was manufactured uh, that had a nasty tendency to blow up if you hit it from behind at about 20 miles an hour. Yeah. About 64 people were killed in Pinto accidents, burned to death, when they should have walked away because the crashes were not that severe. So I, I got a hold of a bunch of secret Ford Motor Company documents showing that the company was aware of some of these problems, um, and yet uh, they, they wanted to save the money by not fixing the car. And uh, so I exposed that in a book and in uh, headline stories all over the country. So that's the kind of investigation uh, yeah. that I did.
1: Well, I think your investigations were probably more important than mine. <laughs> mine was who's, who's sleeping with who and all this sort of stuff. So at that time, were you a believer or did this happen later?
2: At some point, I became a believer. Yeah. When we first got married, we were both no. not believers. But so,
1: so what was he like? Was he very driven?
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. work was, you know, his uh, main focus but eventually I became a believer and that's when our, our trouble started so,
1: so tell me what happened how is it that you found the Lord
2: we had just moved into a new uh, condominium and a neighbor came by with a plate of cookies and we became good friends and she was a believer so over time, I'd go down to her apartment, and she always had her Bible open and Bible study materials, and she started asking me what you know our plans were for church, and I was telling her that we didn't go, and yeah. so eventually, she just started asking me questions that were very pointed about my beliefs, and she uh, showed me some of my, my er- erroneous ways and um, invited me to church, and uh-huh. so I eventually went. I kept putting her off, but finally, I did go, and over time, she answered a lot of my questions, and I realized... I believe this. I believe in God. So it's when I told Lee that I believed in God that we, you know, really had an issue.
1: So, Lee, w- when she said this to you, you were obviously not very happy. No, I wasn't. In fact, in the movie,
3: there's a very accurate scene yeah. where uh, the character that plays Leslie uh, yeah. tells me that my character, that she had become a Christian. And um, it was a lot of hostility, a lot of anger. Um, I. Th- First word that honestly went through my mind was divorce, because uh, I knew she was going to get pulled into the Christian subculture where I wasn't welcome as an atheist. I, I over time, began to feel like she was cheating on me with Jesus, yeah. because all of a sudden there's this other man in her life, and he's, <laughs> she's getting emotional support from him. What happened to yeah. me? What, you know, yeah. I used to be the man in her life. Um, And so I began to feel jealous. I began to feel uh, that our worldviews were now so different. We would disagree to the horizon of our marriage on things like how to raise the children, how to spend our money, how to spend our weekends. Um, We we began to see life very differently, and it, it led to a lot of conflict. And so I began to investigate Christianity using my legal training and journalism training for two reasons. One was there were a lot of positive changes happening in her, and, and that was a bit winsome and intriguing. But on the other hand, my main motivation was to get her out of this cult of Christianity that she'd gotten involved in. And so I figured, you know, Christianity is falsifiable. Mm. In other words, if you can prove the resurrection didn't happen, yeah. you've disproven Christianity. So I figured this will be easy. I can do this in a weekend. <laughs> um, But I was shocked to find out that actually there is good, solid historical data that does, um, I think, prove sufficiently that Jesus not only claimed to be the Son of God, but backed it up by returning from the dead.
1: Were you a militant atheist, or was it just a, a thing you just didn't believe? I was, with her, I was pretty militant. Um, But, you know, my attitude was that the mere
3: idea of an all-loving, all-powerful, all-knowing creator of the universe just seemed absurd on the surface of it. So I had not really um, done a lot of research in that area. It was sort of a knee-jerk reaction. Um, So I was was taken aback when I began to look at the evidence for Christianity and saw that, wait a minute, if you put them on a scale, the evidence for the faith really does outweigh the evidence against it.
1: So, as you were... Doing this, How, what did you actually research? Did you did you find the scrolls or things like that?
3: <laughs> I, you know, I studied ancient history. I would uh, train as a journalist, as you know. You call people up and say, "Hey, I'm Lee Struble from the Chicago Tribune. Can I ask you a couple of questions?" Yeah. And I would I would do research. I would go to uh, study archaeology, study the ancient manuscripts, and so forth. So it was a cumulative case. The movie focuses on the evidence for the resurrection, which was key, but I also looked at scientific evidence of cosmology and physics and biochemistry and genetics and human consciousness that I think points toward the existence of a creator. Uh, so there was a lot of things involved, and um, uh, it, it, it was something I thought I could do in quick order, uh, mm-hmm. but it ended up taking two years.
1: And did, you, did your wife know what you were doing? Uh, some of it. Not all of it. Um, she, you know, I
3: kept some of it from her, but uh, she was aware that I think I was kind of uh, checking things out a bit, but yeah. not aware of the, the extent to which I was doing it.
1: So during that time, was was there a real danger, Leslie, that we were going to split up?
2: Well, I don't know that I realized it, is it that it was as serious as it was. I mean, I think Lee was contemplating that a lot more than I realized. But, uh, you know, what happened is, as I was growing as a believer, God was changing me, and I wasn't aware of those changes, but Lee saw a difference. Uh, even how I argued with him was, you yeah. know, nicer. So there were things about my changing that were causing him to be curious about what was going on and, and how it was that I was changing. So God was growing me up and making me a better person, and that was attractive to Lee, and it caused him to hold back, I believe. I think if we had fought tooth and nail the way I had normally been wired up to do, we might not have made it. But
1: did, did you have kids at the time? We
2: did. We had a, a daughter, and um, and then in the midst of all that, Uh, a son was born so he was an infant so yeah Uh, and you know our daughter was three four and five while this was going on and she observed a lot of the not so nice behavior of her parents
1: so what sort of things would happen would you have shouting matches
2: shouting matches there was one time Lee was so angry he kicked a hole in the wall uh (laughs) it got pretty heated yeah
3: Yeah. Tell (laughs) tell them about that there was a time this shows how petty i was when i got so mad i went out and i had to mow the lawn yeah and and she had flowers that she had planted all these pretty flowers and i just mowed them all down oh, No, dude.
1: <laughs> that
3: was how petty i got but you know i did it and i was i i, I literally was thinking at the time this is over
1: yeah
2: I,
3: i've got to get out of this marriage that yeah. this is going to be we're going to fight about this the rest of our lives i can't i'm, I'm not going to do that right. so it was really our marriage was in jeopardy
1: eventually how long were you researching and how was how it you came to the conclusion you did?
3: Uh, it took about two years, a year and nine months of, of checking things out. And then one day I, I just feel, felt like a good jury reaches a verdict. Yeah. So I felt like the evidence was in, I needed to reach a verdict. And so I kind of reviewed all of the evidence that I had seen. And it was like you put it on a scale, and all yeah. of a sudden the scale just shifted. And I realized in light of all of the evidence I had seen, it would have taken more faith to maintain my atheism than to become a Christian. Okay. In other words, the most logical thing I could do would be to take a step of faith in the same direction the evidence is pointing, mm-hmm. which is logical and rational, and I put my trust in Jesus. and so So the last verse that I read was John 1, 12 that said, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believed in his name. And I looked at that verse and I realized it forms an equation of what it means to become a child of God. Believe plus receive equals become. So I believed based on the data that Jesus is the son of God. He proved it by returning from the dead. But I realized that wasn't enough. I had to receive this free gift of God's grace. I had to receive his gift of forgiveness and eternal life that he purchased for me on the cross when he died as my substitute to pay for all of my sin. And when I would receive this as a gift from him, then I would become a child of God. So that's when I repented of my sin, received this gift in prayer. And and, and I remember I, I went out to tell Leslie... And uh, uh, I told her, and she looked at me and, and just burst into tears. Wow. And um, how,
1: how did you phrase what had happened?
3: Well, I told her, I said, you know, um, I've been looking at this for a couple of years now, and um, I've been reaching out and reaching out, and I just touched Jesus. Yeah. He's alive. He's resurrected. He's the Son of God. I feel like I just touched him. Um, and um, she burst into tears and hugged me and said, you know, I almost gave up on you a thousand times. And uh, she said she'd met a woman at church and she had told some women at church, I don't have any hope for my husband. He is the hard headed, hard hearted legal editor of the Chicago Tribune. He's never going to bend his knee to Jesus. (laughs) Um, And this one woman, Sylvia, kind of pulled her to the side and said, you know, no one's beyond hope and she gave her a verse ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six, that says moreover i will give you a new heart and i will put a new spirit within you i will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and so that whole two years that i'm on this investigative journey what i didn't know is that behind the scenes leslie was praying that verse every day for me and um i think that frankly made all the difference
1: leslie when when he finally told you this were you a little skeptical did you think a There's little, something going on here.
2: A little bit, but but you could tell. There was just something in his whole demeanor and his face, his countenance, that was just a little bit different, yes, and his yes. tone was different, and so I I wanted to believe it so badly that I did, it did. and it you know, ended up being that it was true, <laughs> so thank God.
1: <laughs> so so you wrote the book, Lee, yeah. uh, and uh, the book was again called? Uh, the
3: Case for Christ.
1: Which is the same as the, the same,
3: movie? Same as the movie, and then the new updated and expanded edition. We did a movie edition. It has yeah. new chapter, new archaeological evidence that's just come to light in the last few years. Fascinating. Yeah. In fact, from someone from the U.K., Uh, finding the house um, um, that proved that Nazareth did exist in the first century, as some skeptics had doubted. And uh, from the University of Reading, Mm -hmm. that actually made that discovery. And it could very well have been Jesus' house that they found. They'll never know, but it was a Jewish house from Jesus' era in Nazareth. And uh, they know it was a Jewish home because it had limestone pottery. Yeah. And Jews believe that would not make the food unclean. Yeah. So it could, we'll never know if that was Jesus' house. But yeah. it could very well oh, have yeah. been.
1: The reason I'm interested, I wrote a novel recently. It was The Life of Jesus Through the Eyes of Mary. Oh, And I, I used to be a ghostwriter in the tabloids. Yeah. And so I became Mary and studied the story. And it's a novel called Mary, My Story from Bethlehem to Calvary. And I'd love to see that about the house because I could work that into the next edition of the book. Yes,
3: we have the information in the book. It's all footnoted. It was published in peer-reviewed journals. And there's actually since then been another discovery just nearby of another house from Jesus. But, you know, atheists used to say Nazareth didn't exist in Jesus' time. And so the Gospels, are they don't know what they're talking about. And now we've shown, no, 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 that's not true. Archaeology, once again, has pointed toward the truth of Christianity.
1: Now, I wondered what it was like for you First of all, to be approached about the the movie, and also what role you had in the casting. I mean, I don't know whether you had somebody in mind, and if Leslie had. But how, first of all, did the film come about? This is so odd. Um, The book came out
3: in 1998, about 18 months ago. I got two phone calls the same week, one from another major motion picture company and one from Pure Flix, and both saying, we'd like to make a movie out of your book. Well, I had done a a movie with Pure Flix before in which I appeared, uh, God's Not Dead 2. I have a small role in that film, so I was familiar with them. And I talked to people, and they said, no, you can trust them with your story. And I said, you know what? I'll sign the contract if... You put in that Brian Bird must write the script. Brian is a friend of mine. He's written 17 movies. He's a terrific script writer. Yeah. And uh, so, sure enough, they got Brian to write the movie. And then Leslie and I sat down with Brian over a period of many days and did kind of a mind dump and told them all about our lives. And and Brian was a genius of weaving this into a three-act movie. And uh, so we had that kind of input. We didn't have any input on the casting, but we're so happy with the casting. I think Mike Vogel, who plays me, who is a committed Christian, um, does a terrific job. Erica Christensen, who plays Leslie, I can't imagine anybody doing it better. So we're very pleased. And and Faye Dunaway's in the movie, you know, Hollywood legend, uh, you know, Oscar winner and Golden Globe winner. You know, we have L. Scott Caldwell in the movie. She won, get this, she won the Tony Award for the Best Actress on Broadway. How good do you have to be to be the best actress on Broadway? And then we have Robert Forster who won the, um, who was nominated for the Academy Award. So we got a really, really good cast.
1: So Leslie, you see it for the first time. Yeah. Uh, was your heart beating? Or, oh, yes. And yes. what what was your overall thought about it?
2: Well, just overwhelmed first of all because this has happened years ago. I mean, we're talking yeah. 1980, but to see it all again uh, and relive those emotions yeah. when you're watching it on screen is is really very um, well. It's just hard because you're not really proud of some of the
0: yeah. <laughs> some
2: of what you're you know showing as you're. Portrayal not the best of actions for parents particularly, but um, on the other hand, it just I just kept feeling like well if God is able to use this in someone else's life because everyone's got a story, mm-hmm. everyone, uh, as particularly married couples and particularly people that might be one a Christian and one not it's a r- rough road and right. if if this is a movie that can help in any way then it's worth you know having our story out there to help with that
1: for someone watching or listening to this who has a similar situation, a very cynical husband who thinks you've gone crazy because you've become a believer. What advice would you give?
2: First off, three things. I would say allow God to continue to grow you to be who he wants you to be. As long as you're growing, uh, there's changes going on in you that your husband is going to see. You might not be aware of those changes, but they're happening. Second of all, I would just say um, to, to grow your relationship with your husband. Remember that you got married for a reason. There's a lot that you have in common, a lot you enjoy about each other. Don't dwell on the negatives. Dwell on those positives and build him up, encourage him. Thirdly, uh, get a mentor if there's any way possible. I had a woman that was this strong believer that was the neighbor who brought me cookies. But she was also there for me when Lee would have had an argument with me and I could call her up and just kind of, you know, cry on her shoulder. She never turned into someone who would say, gee, that Lee is terrible. She always listened, but then she always gave me positive, positive steps to build the marriage, to to not worry about those rough spots, but to try and smooth them over and be a godly influence to the marriage Mm. and the kids.
1: Well, this is pretty amazing. For those of you who can hear lots of noise, we're at the NRB and the people here are very noisy. But we're having a fascinating chat with Lee Strobel and his lovely wife, Leslie, who have just had a movie come out. Pure Flix, is it, as the uh, producers of it?
3: That's right. Pure Flix, who made God's Not Dead and, and many other films are the, the movie makers. John Gunn directed it. Terrific guy. Uh, great cast, as I said. Great yeah. script. And, um, you know, Leslie was telling me the other day that they sent a version that we could watch on our computer so we could see the movie. Leslie the other day said, I've watched it eight times. And I said, I said, why do you keep watching it? And she said, because I want to get cried out so that when I see it in public, I won't embarrass myself by crying. Uh, So it's emotional for us. And uh, I think you're still going to cry when you see it in public for the first time. But we're we're thrilled with with the message. And, you know, a lot of people won't read a book and they won't go to church. But they'll go to a movie. And and so we're hoping that a whole new group of people will be encouraged in their faith, and if they're not a believer, uh, that they will um, be willing to go on a journey like I did to check it out. Sure. We, we did a test showing of this movie to people who are not Christians, and they loved it. Mm. So this is a movie that Christians can confidently invite their non-believing friends to, yeah. and then have a great conversation afterward.
1: When when I went through my sort of crisis, uh-huh. I basically backslid and was drinking very heavily. My marriage was in a terrible mess. Mm. And a guy came in, the in the back pub, where I used to get drunk every night. That was the name of it? Yeah, (laughs) because that's what they they literally did to each other. And he had what I call the Ministry of Rebuking. And he basically said, look at you, God's gifted you as a writer, and all you write is drivel. Hmm. And I just said, look, go and play in the traffic, you know. (laughs) Well, he wouldn't do that. But anyway, uh, he challenged me to quit my career and go with him to Uganda and write a book about Idi Amin and the church there, and that was the turnaround for me. Wow. What happened to you? I mean, you, you're, you're now a believer. Yeah. Did you feel that you were compromised working in the media? No,
3: I wanted to stay in daily journalism because I felt I looked around the newsroom at the Chicago Tribune. There were about a thousand people there at that time. This was back in the heyday of newspapers in America. And um, I couldn't identify too many who I knew were Christians. And so I thought, I need to stay in the media in order to be an influence. Sure. But God, several years later, clearly called me out of that into the church. I took a 60% pay cut and went on the staff of a church. Yeah. And, um, was that Willow Creek? It was Willow Creek Church. And then I was mentored by Bill Hybels in communication. I was mentored by Mark Middleburg in theology. Yeah. Uh, eventually was ordained and uh, many years later began to preach. And, you know, I'm, I'm someone that loves to encourage people who are skeptics and who are uh, on a journey to yeah. find Jesus. So um, I get to use the best hours of my day to do that. So, um, you know, I enjoy that.
1: Now, during uh, this um, new presidency, the media is getting absolutely whacked. How do you feel about it? I mean, I don't want it to be too political, yeah. but... You know, it, it's as almost as if we're a monolith. All media are biased. I mean, we're all human beings. But sure. what is your thought? I think in
3: America, the um, the preponderance of the people I encountered in journalism were very liberal on the on the political spectrum. Yeah. I met very few people who were conservative. Yeah. Uh, so I think there is a bit of an imbalance in in the overall media mix. On the other hand, um, you know, the First Amendment uh, gives us the freedom of press to um, present different viewpoints. And that's a good thing. You know, the marketplace of ideas, the idea behind it is that truth and falsehood can grapple unhindered so that truth will eventually emerge. So I like the fact that we have different viewpoints expressed. I wish there were more Christian viewpoints that were in that mix. I think the problem has emerged because of the new media, because of the podcast, because of the websites, because of the blogs and vlogs that... um, are unfiltered so you know and i know in journalism if if i take my story to my boss and it's kind of a controversial story he's going to look at it and say how do you know you know is what source do you have he's going to pin it down now people go right to the internet and propagate things that they may not do good sources so here's the problem that means the reader now must ask those questions of themselves they must read it and say Uh, Is that a good source? Is that a trustworthy source? Or why are the sources not named? But people aren't trained to do that. So I think we're getting a lot of half-baked information uh, that's kind of polluting the, the news stream. Uh, so we're living in difficult times. I, I grieve the fact that newspapers in America are, are dying. When I was at the Chicago Tribune, our daily circulation was almost a million. Okay. Now it's down to 400,000. Uh, and the newspaper went through bankruptcy. Um, it, it, it's bad for our democracy not to have vibrant newspapers yeah. that, that are thoughtful, that have trained journalists, that um, are committed to being fair and balanced. Mm. When I was an atheist... I was a fair journalist. I mean, I told both sides. I, I was trained in the old school yeah. that you try to, yes, we're all biased, but we need to kind of weed that out sure. and be balanced and tell both sides. I really did try to do that, mainly because my editors insisted on it.
1: <laughs> but nowadays, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you get so much drivel sort of uh, sent to your inbox. Yes. And then you go on, like, because it's Snopes and people like that. And and 99.9% is made up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's rather worrying. But coming back... Do you regret anything? I mean, would you have preferred him to become a believer much earlier?
2: Well, that would have been nice, and I wish I'd have become a believer earlier too. Yeah. But you know, the, God's timing is perfect, and so I, I think we had to go through those times that we did yeah. to have a stronger marriage, to have a story to tell. Oh. Uh, if we hadn't, then there wouldn't have been a movie about it, and <laughs> God wouldn't be using that. Yeah. So you know, it, it's fine the way it is.
1: Uh, Lee, wh- why should people go
3: and see the movie? First of all, it's just great entertainment. I yeah. mean, it's a love story. It's a marriage story it's there's a mystery involved of a case that i investigated the chicago tribune it's a story about a father and son relationship and it's a story of a spiritual journey and a spiritual investigation so i think people will be encouraged motivated i think they'll enjoy it i think uh, christians will walk away understanding a little better why they believe what they believe and i think that non-christians who go will be encouraged to perhaps do what i did and check out the evidence for themselves. What do you hope people will take away from it? I hope for Christians, um, what I envision is a lot of Christians are going to see the movie and they're going to walk out and they're going to say to themselves, boy, I've got a friend who needs to see this. I have a neighbor who needs to see it. I have a yeah. colleague who needs to see it or a fellow student. And they're going to go see it a second time and bring yeah. their friend because now having seen it the first time, they're going to identify those people who are going to relate to the characters. And I think the most important moment of the evening is not going to be the movie. It's going to be the conversation afterward where you know you bring a friend and afterwards you sit down have tea or coffee, and you say, um, what, I, what character did you identify with? You know, Where are you at spiritually? Have you ever thought yeah. about these things? Sure. What do you think of the evidence they talked about? So um, I'm praying that God uses it to reach a lot of folks that yeah. maybe won't pick up a 300-page book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if it's going to get a theatrical release. Yes. When is that?
3: Um, it'll be in 1,100 theaters um, starting on April the 7th. Uh-huh. There's a special showing on the evening of April the 6th in a limited number of theaters uh that'll have a live broadcast with leslie and i talking and some of the cast and so forth so that's kind of a special event that uh, people can get tickets for sure. but uh, people go to the case for all the information is there in terms of ticket sales and uh that special events colorful.
1: well i want to say a big thank you to both of you to leslie thank you
2: for having us
1: it's and uh for my colleague here who was far more respectable than me uh <laughs> it still lee... sounds
2: like you had more fun than I did.
1: <laughs> but lee thank you so much my pleasure go Always great to be with you.
0: You have been listening to Front Page Radio with international journalist Dan Wooding. If you would like a free subscription to the Assist News service, log on to www.assistnews.net. And if you would like to write to Dan, send an email to assistnews at AOL.com. Tune in again for another edition of Front Page Radio on this same station.